I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net. Had a great day. I want to bring a message to you titled Waiting on God. It probably would be better stated patient in faith. If you're watching us online, you can actually take notes if you have our, uh, our app in-house or um, online. You can join us that way. Uh, there are notes that accompany today's message. Just last Monday, after uh, working out at Planet Fitness, it is my custom to stop by I just stopped by the, the Burger King here and I get a, a uh, breakfast burrito junior. I know what I could get. I could get two croissants with sausage and cheese, but I get a burrito junior. It's about that big. Trying to keep things in check. Anyway, I pull in, I make my order, and I get in the line, and there's two cars ahead of me. And I'm waiting. And waiting. And waiting. And I'm starting to wonder, what in the world did they order? You know, did they have to go to the grocery store across the street and get some more eggs? I, I, and it was probably only two minutes, but it felt like an eternity for me. I got things to do, places to go. And I get it. We're in this corona, COVID time. And in the early days, Pastor Amy and I, actually, I'm saying like two weeks into the COVID time when everything was on lockdown. And the first thing that they opened was, you know, at least you could buy food at the drive-thru. We went to Popeye's one evening. And I'm not kidding you when I tell you, this is not an exaggeration. We literally waited 25 minutes in a long line. We just thought, why are we going to go out and thought things were like normal? It's not like normal. But here's what, why I'm saying all of this is we've created a world in, in which we all expect things done quickly, don't we? So I admit it. Like most of you, I'm not that great at waiting. I think I'm better than most, but I'm not that great, and I got room to grow. Even the current unrest in our nation... 
that is sparking riots and, and the mayhem in some of our larger cities around the nation. It's rooted in an unwillingness to wait. Many simply don't want to wait on the process or work through the system. They're angry, they want answers now, and they're demanding something be done. Immediate justice, taking things in their own, into their own hands. So this is something we need to grow in, not only as individuals, but as a church body, even as a nation. It may seem an easy thing to wait, but I got a quote from the great preacher Charles Spurgeon related to waiting, but it is one of the postures which a Christian soldier learns not without years of training. Did you hear that? So today I want to help you grow in this area. And I'm not just talking about patience. Rather, we must grow in how our faith becomes dependable. Our faith becomes dependable. What I'm talking about is what got some of the names in the hall of faith of Hebrews chapter 11. If you know that chapter in Hebrews, it's, it's called the Hall of Faith. We're not going there. I'm not going to read there, but their names got there because they learned how to wait in faith. They learned how to be patient in faith. I want you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 27, verse 14. Psalm 27, verse 14. And this is from the... Uh, Passion translation. I like this translation. Psalm 27, verse 14. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. The New Living Translation puts it much more succinctly. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So the psalmist is on to something about humanity, isn't he? We have to learn how to be patient, don't we? And work our faith. Because what I know for humans... How many of you are human that are here today? Wave at me. Gets me some never even, never, ne crosses their mind, apparently just looking at me. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I caught some of you in a, you were so engaged in what I was saying that you just missed the question I threw out there on you. It's, it's easier to march, though, isn't it? It's easier to do something. Uh, quick marching is easier for God's warriors. How many of you are warriors in the kingdom of God? Now wave at me. But it's easier to march. You know, give us a task. 
Lay out a plan, preacher. Clean up the, and prepare your armor so you can do something for the Lord. That stuff we find easy. Cast the vision and launch out. That's easy. Give the directive. Quote the scripture. And are we ready this time, Maria? <laughs> I'm giving you as much warning as I can. So here's what has to change. Come on, let's do it. Let's get up and move. Another heartbreak day Feels like you're miles away Don't even need no shade When your sun don't shine Shine Too many passing dreams Robot like limousines It's hard to keep believing When it pass you by you can fade it out so you get the point we like to move we want to do something for the Lord we want to do something in the kingdom of God so the idea of patiently waiting that is a struggle for most of us we're adept at taking action there are days weeks months Years we go through in our life and trials when we're perplexed, not knowing what to do. How many of you have been there? Come on, wave at this preacher. And then your mind starts playing tricks on you. Suggesting we are doing nothing because we are afraid. That's what your mind will tell you. The flesh will tell you. You're, you're not doing something because you're afraid. That's the problem right now. That's why you're not moving. You're afraid. To do nothing seems anti-faith, doesn't it? To just sit still seems anti-faith. The idea of serving the Lord implies doing something in the kingdom, doesn't it? You should say amen, because that's, that's the idea of serving, right? It means you're doing. So we have to learn to stand still. What does Psalm 46 verse 10 say? Some of you know it. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. If you are not careful, though, you could move and move out in presumption. Moses knows something about that. You'll recall the story 
when they're at another place when they need water. And so God gives them a word. Hear the word from Numbers chapter 20, verse 8. You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community as the people watch. Speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. Now, if you don't know the whole story, let me give you a little bit of the background. This is the second time that they need water. God had spoken to Moses and he had said to him, take your staff and strike the rock and water will pour, will pour forth. And I could build on that story, but that's, a, that's not where I want to head today. Look at what he says here. Speak to the rock over there. What does Moses end up doing? Strikes the rock. God answered that prayer, but it cost Moses something, didn't it? God came through. He still made a way, but it cost Moses dearly. When I consider it, I think that is huge. It was presumption that made him strike the rock. He presumed that what he did the last time was what he needed to do the second time. And he let his emotions and irritations get in the way. And so he strikes the rock. He learns the hard way. He was told to speak but chose to strike the rock in presumption. Just doing it because it is what has always been done is not necessarily a path to success. Sometimes you got to change your ways. Make no assumptions. Ask God to do a new thing and show you how to do it. We need to learn how to stand still. This does not come natural to most of us. You guys are going to have to pardon me uh, because there are very few of you that are hunters in this room. But... Uh, in the course of my life, I've, I've, I raised three children, and all of them have hunted with me. And I have a few adult friends that I've helped to grow in, in knowing how to hunt. And, and I know, I know you guys got these ideas because you've seen white-tailed deer in your backyard, and you think they're easy, but make no mistake. And here's the thing. When you're training a young hunter... The first rule of woodsmanship, one of the first rules, if you're actually going to see wild game, is to be still. Have you ever tried to actually be still when you're in the woods? Let me tell you how this works. When you're young and you're hunting and you're out there, you want to have some enjoyment. You're there because you want to see things. And you do the stuff that is the opposite of what brings things by. There are bugs in the woods. It's an undeniable fact. And when you sit still, they're going to crawl on you. Spiders mosquitoes. Try to be still when one of those things are crawling on you. 
Some of you just give it up. Don't even try. Don't even try. If you're thinking you're going to see a white-tailed deer while hunting, if that is happening. <laughs> you don't realize how often you cough when nobody's paying attention to you. Everybody's paying attention now because you think he's got COVID. But he, that's, you can't, if you're not still, you're never going to see anything. And, and I want, the reason I'm telling you this story is not to tell you about hunting. It's about getting something in the Lord. Got to learn how to be still. This type of standing still is based on an assurance of God having our back. You know that God has your back, and that's how you can be still in the midst of your mess. But here's the thing. Experience is the best teacher. How do I know? I'm, listen, I have hundreds of deer in my life that I have taken successfully. Thank the Lord. You don't get there because you haven't learned how to sit still. Experience is the best teacher. What am I telling you? I had to learn. I learned it the hard way. You get picked off by a deer that's 70 yards away and you need him, you need him back here by these doors around you to shoot him with a bow. Uh, please, if you're squeamish, I'm sorry for using those examples for you, but, but it's my attempt to try to help you to understand a concept. In order to patiently wait on the Lord, you got to walk through some experiences. I'm going to tell you this story. Again, it's about hunting, but this time we weren't hunting deer. We were hunting turkeys. And I was sitting with a good friend of mine. Um, we were just leaning on the back of a, of a big tree, sitting on the ground. And we saw something out of the corner of our eye and it was a white-tailed buck. Now we're hunting turkeys. So I got my back to the tree just like this. My buddy is right here. We're sitting. We're all camouflaged, right? We've been sitting for a while. He's calling turkeys. And, and so we saw this deer coming, and that deer literally kept coming and walked straight towards us. I've got my back to the tree, and I'm not kidding you when I tell you that deer walked right there. I could have went. <laughs> <laughs> but that ain't happening if I'm fidgeting, coughing. You ever try to de deny a really bad cough? It's hard. There's somebody over here trying to, you're just messing with this Pastor Mackay. You had to cough. So you, 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 just because I brought it up. So who's going to sneeze now? So, and I relate all of this to you because I want you to understand something. There are some things that you will only get in God by being still.
Some things you're only going to get by being still. Let me explain this to you. God is perfectly willing to let you gain things by your own power and ability. Did you catch that? He's perfectly willing to let you gain things by your own power and ability. He gave us a free will. On creating humanity, he gave us a free will. It's our inalienable right as humans. No, the Constitution, no, the Bill of Rights didn't give that to you. The framers of the Constitution and our Bill of Rights understood this fact that God created us with a free will. And until you have waited on God to do or accomplish something, you'll not know the, pre the pleasure of the miraculous. Until you've waited, you'll not know the pleasure of the miraculous. Let me explain it to you this way. Mary and Martha have a problem. They call out to Jesus. They send word to Jesus and they say to Jesus, Hey, your friend, our brother, is very sick. It doesn't look good, Jesus. You need to get here quickly. But you know the story, don't you? Jesus doesn't come. A couple days pass, he's still not coming. And then finally word comes to Jesus, it's no use coming, Jesus. He's, he died. And that's when Jesus determines he's going. Now, why am I telling you this story? Do you remember the words of one of the sisters? I'm glad you're here, Jesus. And, and you know, he's already died. But even now, He's been dead four days. Even now, whatever you say, Lord, it will happen. Why did I relate this? If he had come when Lazarus was sick and healed him, that would have been great, wouldn't it? It would have been awesome. Four days dead, though, that's a miracle. That's a miracle that lights up the airwaves. That's a miracle that everyone... In fact, when Jesus comes back in uh, on the day, on the day uh, during what we celebrate as Palm Sunday, he comes from the town and through the town of Bethany where Lazarus is and people actually want to come and see Lazarus who had been resurrected from the dead on their journey. People from that town, now they want to see Jesus. They want to walk with Jesus. They're going to throw out their coats and their palm branches and stuff. They're going to throw them out in front of Jesus because they know what happened. That's a miracle. And you know how it came? Waiting in patience, in faith. Patient in faith. Patient in faith. And it's something you have to learn to do.
this waiting on the Lord, we don't just do it passively, we do it actively. Wait in prayer. Wait in prayer. If you're following along in the notes, call upon God and spread the case before him. Seriously, call upon God. Spread the case before him. Uh, tell him your difficulty. And do this. You're not just praying, but plead his promise of aid. What do I mean by that? What does the word say? Look at this from the Passion Translation again. This is Philippians 4.19. You know it. Many of you could quote it from another version, but I want you to see it this way. I'm convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have, for I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. Paul writing to the church in Philippi. What does that mean? It means that there is no situation you could be in that God doesn't have a word for you. You can't get yourself in a spot that God's word doesn't have something to say to you in. But you've got to learn how to wait in faith. Express your unstaggering confidence in him. Believe that even if you must wait until the midnight hour, he will come at the right time. Come on, how many of you have waited till that midnight hour and saw God show up? You've heard the words some doctor said and thought, I don't know. This looks bad. This looks really bad. But you're going to stand and patiently wait by faith. To see God come through. I have seen, Paul says, the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. I've seen it, Paul says. This is not patience for the sake of patience. Rather, it is consciously choosing to trust God while you wait. Hear what I said a moment ago? This is not pa passively waiting. No, this is consciously choosing to put your confidence in a great big God. When you read these stories, countless stories from start to finish, these are real life stories. They really happen. Daniel was really in a lion's den. In every scenario I could lay out for you, the children of Israel at the Red Sea, You got to show up, God. And God showed up, not just a little. This is big time. This is purposeful waiting.
I like that. Say it to your neighbor. Are you waiting purposefully? Purposeful waiting. I, I, I'm not just waiting because I have nothing else to do. I'm waiting in faith. I know my God's going to show up. You know you have to say that sometimes in the middle of your mess. I know God's going to show up. You even got to tell yourself, don't let your head rule. Let your faith rule. God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I just know you're going to do it. May not know how, may not know when. I just know that you're going to show up. So wait in quiet patience. This is not shaking your fist at God with a rebellious heart because of the pain or affliction that you're in. It's not the way it works with the Lord. You wait patiently in faith. You trust God no matter what you're seeing and what you're hearing and what you're feeling. Wait in quiet patience. Listen to this word from the Lord. The punishment you brought me through was the best that could have, been ha could have happened to me for it taught me your ways. The punishment you brought me through was the best thing that could have happened to me. By the way, it doesn't say the punishment you put on me. Are you reading this with me? The punishment you brought me through was the best thing that could have happened to me for it taught me your ways. Sounds like a psalm. Psalm 119, verse 71. You brought me through it. You hear the words? Brought me through it. Never murmur as the children of Israel did against Moses. They murmured time and time again. Never wish you could go back to the world again. Would that we could go back to Egypt. At least we had food to eat. It wasn't a great life, but we had food and we had water as much as we needed. Come on. It may seem desolate right now where you're at. It may be the middle of the biggest mess you've ever been in and you need God to show up bigger than he ever has, but God always shows up. So what do you do? You assume a posture of humility and take a faith rest. That's not in your notes. You could write that down, though. Assume a posture of humility. In other words, you intentionally take the form of a humble servant and take a faith rest. Take a faith rest. In other words, I'm waiting patiently on you, Lord, because I know you're good. We sing it. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. He cannot be anything but good. 
and so accept the case as it is and put it as it stands without any self-will into the hand of your covenant-bearing God saying, not my will, but yours be done. No self-will in it. I erase my plans, Lord, sorry, for my own mind and heart getting in the way. I erase those, Lord, and, and I trust you completely. I don't know how. I just know you're going to do it. Keep on believing. Tell God, I don't know what to do, but I'm determined to wait until you show up. I'm determined to wait till you show up, God. I'm not turning loose till you show up. Jacob and the angel. Jacob says, I'm not turning you loose till you bless me. Sometimes you, you got to make a conscious choice in this. Let me bring it to a close today. Unmasking the battle within. This concept, I understand, is not easily managed. It's not easy for us to do this. I want you to hear this from, it's a familiar passage but again, the New Living Translation puts it in a way that I want you to catch. It's from uh, Philippians 4, verse 13, 12 and 13, actually. I know what it means to lack. Here's Paul writing again to the church in Philippi. And I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. That means Paul's saying, I know what it is to go through. I've been in the rough spots and I've been in the greatest of spots. For I am trained What? For, for I'm trained. How did you get trained, Paul? <laughs> You've been shipwrecked as long, many times as I have. You've taken beatings as many times as I have. You've gone through the struggles as many times as I have. And he says, I'm trained. I get it. But what am I trained in? In the secret of overcoming all things the new uh, the passion translation says in the secret of overcoming all things whether in fullness or in hunger and i find that the strength of christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty hallelujah glory to god I want to grasp the secret to overcoming Paul speaks of. How about you? Paul has been infused, he says, with Christ's explosive power. Paul's saying, I get it. I've got it. Andre Crouch used to sing it. I've got it. Something about the power of the Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I got it. <laughs> Y'all got to go way back to catch that one. That <laughs> was way back on vinyl. And so he, he got it. Paul got it. He's, he's figured it out. I've been infused. I want that same kind of infusion. How about you? This glorious power of an overcoming God, um, his explosive 
power. Isaiah says he gives power to the weak in chapter 40. Power to the weak. So whether internal or external, God gives us the ability to overcome our weaknesses. I'm going to say it this way in the absolute positive. Success is guaranteed if you learn to wait in patience on God. But you've got to include your faith. You're not just patient. You're not just sitting. You're consciously choosing to trust God in the middle of your mess. There are a lot of things that will work themselves out in our lives if we simply learn to wait on God. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17, again in the Passion Translation, says it this way. This is what Yahweh, your kinsman redeemer, the Holy One of Israel says. I am Yahweh, your God. I'm pausing because I want you to catch this. Come on, Pastor Mackay. I am Yahweh, your God. I am the one who teaches you how to succeed and who leads you step by step in the way you should go. Even older than the Andre Kraut song, Christy Lane used to sing, One day at a time, sweet Jesus, and that's all I'm asking of you. So, this is the story. You're learning how to patiently wait on the Lord. Taking one day at a time, trusting him one day at a time, one turmoil at a time, one situation at a time. God is faithful. And he'll see you through. You may be sitting here right now listening to my voice and you're, you're in the middle of a mess. If you only knew, preacher, I actually do know. I, I, there, in fact, I know is a, a gentleman sitting here today that's in the, it's got to be the worst possible situation you could, you could be in. I know it. That's not spiritual. I just happen to know this. And he's patiently waiting on God, knowing that God's going to come through for him. God will come through. Pastor Mackay has the perfect song to help us close this service. Maria, would you get the words up so all of us can sing along? You all. 
Stand to your feet. And I hold it deep in my chest. I, I sing till there's nothing left. You'll always come through. Yes, you do. You'll always come through. You'll always come through. Yes. Oh. your name, Lord. God, you know every man, woman, and young person that's in this room right now. And into this moment, God, I know that you infuse your Holy Spirit to speak to those difficult places. When it looks like there's no hope, when it looks like there's no way out, when it looks like there's no possibility, God, all I've ever known 
is that you will come through. All I've ever known is your willingness to pick up the broken pieces and the struggling issues that we face and fight through, God, the battle zones that we're in. You know us, Lord. And I've always seen you be faithful. It is my testimony, Lord. It is my testimony. So I can say it like Paul said it. I know that I know you will come through. So we speak that over people's lives right now. Perhaps you're in the middle of a great big mess right now and you want to take a few moments and you'd, you'd like to get out of your seat and come to the altar and just make your confession that vivid. If you want to do that, come right now. I don't want you feeling pressure. I just want you to be freed of any struggle that, that may be so difficult. You've got to get to the altar. You need God to show up big for you. So God, I just lift up these men and women that are at the altar right now, perhaps several that are just viewing us online or perhaps hearing of the podcast. Could be days, weeks, months later. God, they're in the midst of a great battle. And they need you to show up for them, God. And I know this is a right word for a right time. And I trust you, sweet Holy Spirit, to plant this word in their hearts in such a powerful way, God, that it's impossible for them to miss what you're actually doing now in the midst of their situation. Everybody that's standing, I want you to say this with me. Um, Maria, would you please pull up those verses? It's Philippians 4, 12, and 13 from the Passion Translation. If you can, if not, I... Yeah, you got it. Thank you so much. 
I want you that are standing right now to read this with me. I want it to come from your heart, and I want you to get this in the depths of your being. I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We will overcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. Our confession is faith and confidence in you. We just say hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Been a little while. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And I know he'll give you peace today because he's an almighty God who knows your story. I love you folks. Have an amazing the rest of the weekend. Walk out of here like an... Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed.